Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live February 3rd, 2019. Super Bowl Sunday, folks. <clears throat> now, I know that the Super Bowl is going to take over the most part of the uh, half of the day for America, have, given that it is um, football owns the day of the week here in America. And this will be the last time we see football, football for a good uh, portion of it somewhere outside of five months in the sixth. Um, man, I'm chilling right now, having a really good time getting ready for this here game. And, um, I'm also very happy about the outcome from yesterday's performance, um, by pretty much all, all, all the boxes that were in, uh, in the squared ring last night. Um, really good performance for ESPN. Uh, checked out the fights with, uh, a casual viewing from uh, some family members that we all got together yesterday, and um, they don't really know about boxing like that. So it's always a nice social experiment for me, getting to sit back and and listen to the comments and things that people get to say who don't really know much about the sport and get the the brass of how they see this this whole thing going on. It was really good. uh, really good fights that they had going on yesterday and which Willow will tell you all about when we get to boxing because uh, outside of the boxing podcast had media credentials for that one yesterday. And um, I want to give a big thanks to top ranked boxing uh, for giving a, a small upstart podcast, a chance to get some uh, inside scoop, put a whole lot of stuff on Twitter yesterday from Willow and uh, retweeted for myself and put it out there for media exposure on my uh, social media handles and things of that nature. So, um, just wanted to give that thanks out there first and foremost to Top Rank Boxing as we continue to pioneer our way through the boxing podcasting landscape. Um, so, you know, if we got to go Christopher Columbus style and cause genocide in the boxing game, well, that's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, um, but we'll get to all the boxing shit um, as soon as we, you know, check in and see how everything's going on with everybody. Um, I'm over here chilling at my Snowflakes house where she at work, where she's supposed to be, about to start uh, popping open the kids' Capri Sun and things like that and get ready for a pretty good day of Sunday football, man. Um, but, you know, uh, nah, I don't know. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. You know what? I'm going to take it to Willa, then we're going to swing it to JP. We got a whole lot of shit to talk about. And um, I want to see how things are going over there yesterday because, surprisingly enough for me, <clears throat> I thought that the fights were going to start a little earlier yesterday. And then Willa is uh, two hours ahead in the future for me. Um, I know he probably had a long night last night. 
Um, I know for me it wasn't um, a late of a Saturday as it, it usually was. Um, oh, and um, <clears throat> also wanted to put out real quick, been a long week for me. I put in a good 14-hour shift on Wednesday, and uh phone was dead on Wednesday when I got off work because I didn't have my charger with me. So that was for my MIA hiatus of the Wednesday's preview show um, that Willa and JP did an excellent job on. Uh, I listened to that one and had nothing but applause for the show. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, still seemed like uh, that guy who just, you know, looked over, looked the other shoulder, turned the cheek, and I get I get here as much as I can uh, anytime necessary. But uh, that day was uh, yeah, it's a rough one, you know. But um, yo, let's take it to Willa, and I want to see how he's doing after I'm sure a fun filled event yesterday um, with the all access videos that he was sending me, and uh, I, I couldn't be more happy for my guy from how where we came from into where we started into where we at now. So let's take it to the southern portion of these United States in Houston, Texas, and see what's good with my tag team partner, Willa. What's happening, man? RC, what's going on? What's up, family? Um, Holla, my boy, JP. Uh, yeah, man, I'm on my way home from Dallas. Uh, great great night of week uh, of boxing. Uh, like you said, the shit didn't really even start till like, 9 o'clock my time, so I was there till 1.30 last night. Um I was hoping to do like you know sit around for the press conferences and all that shit, but you know after the fights, man, I just I went ahead and shut it down. Um, but it was a good night of fighting. Um, even though uh, you know we'll get into the fights, but even though I had it as a, just a lot of showcase showcase work out there, um, it was actually a pretty good damn card of fighting. Um, I got to see this guy, a young. Another young uh, Russian guy coming up on the scene. I I don't have my little my little sheet with me now because I'm driving, but he looks like Bevol. It's another young Russian guy knocking uh, beating motherfuckers up. Uh, he was on the card. He was the the, uh, the fight before the the, the TV the everything on the TV started. So got to see a lot of good fighting. Um, no, goodbye, man. With the fam for sure. Now that's good shit, man. And I know how it is. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the first media credential that I got at the Ramirez fight I was telling you about, uh, it was a late start too. So at the end of it, man, I mean, it was on a fucking work night. Uh, I think it was on a Sunday, so I had to wake up. I wake up at, at five in the morning for work, so it was about to be over around uh, somewhere close to eleven ish around there. So yeah, after the I, I didn't stay for the the press stuff afterwards neither. I had to. I got enough, and you know we we gave him we gave him uh, our fair share amount. You did a really good job too with uh, putting it out there on Twitter and things like that. Because I mean, um, it wasn't just your average night of boxing; it was a hell of an event yesterday. Um, let me ask you real quick before, because <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. But um, how loud was that that shot that Teofimo Lopez gave? Oh boy, did you hear that one crystal clear like a fucking shotgun went off in the building? Oh yeah. No, yeah, the first the, the first one and the second one, man. It was uh yeah, that boy was dropping bombs, man. The the thing about that Texas, you know, in Texas there they let you die almost out here, you know. That was if that was anywhere else they probably would have waved that off a little earlier than that, but nah in Texas they'll let you get knocked out. The referee when he got knocked out, the referee didn't just didn't check on him first. He went 
made sure he followed the rules, looked over there to the timer for about three seconds, then came back over. It's like, God damn, this nigga might be dead. The referee didn't yeah. even look at him till four seconds, five seconds into the count. So, hey, it was, yeah, that was a yeah. shot. If, if, if that was in Europe or, or the U.K., that shit would have been over real early. We've seen how that thing goes. But, um, you know, we got a whole lot to talk about, Willis, so let's swing it to our other tag team partner. We're a trio now, so let's th- swing it over to JP and see what's good in the hood because it is Super Bowl Sunday. We got a whole lot of boxing to talk. And, I mean, I, I heard the show, and I know, I know you guys said you ain't really got nothing planned, but me, I'm about to turn all the way up, you know? So um, I'm ready for the day. Hey, JP, what's good, man? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm good, RC. Uh, Willa, safe travels out there, my brother. Um, we got a few rain showers in the forecast here. Um, looks like an overcast. Looks like we have showers for the rest of the evening. Nonetheless. You're a hater, Willa. Nonetheless, nonetheless. Um we're gonna fuck these niggas up with these nachos I'm finna do. You know, I'm marinating my chicken breasts. They in the fridge right now. I'm rolling the grill out. <clears throat> you know, I, I like to do a little something for them every time. But we just having a little get together, nothing, nothing especially. Um, but a little something. So we gonna watch the game. And like I said, everybody going for the hood. The hood happens to be this time the Rams. So if you down with the hood. You a Rams fan for this for this game, but yeah, man, good good weekend of fights. Not too bad. Now, talking about paying, if you're a paying customer for ESPN Plus, um, you know you ain't mad at this, but you ain't happy. Like you know, if I'm paying for something, I'm you know, a little better, but nonetheless, we had uh you know Kovalev's redemption, I suppose, and we'll get into them all. But um, Kovalev's re- redemption and uh, a birth of a star, in my estimation, and Tiafimo Lopez. We had, uh, you know, Richard Comey coming out there and getting his hands on a belt. So some some interesting developments. Let's get into it. <clears throat> no, definitely, man, definitely. Uh, just a, a real quick touch on. Hopefully, the representatives of the hood will have a similar performance to one Adrian Bronner in a big game today. So uh, I'm wrong with Tom Brady and. And, uh, the you know, I, I like ghetto time, listening to this rap music and, and commenting on social media about eating Giselle's ass. That's my guy right there. <laughs> but, hey, hey, we'll get to the, we'll get to the football thing at the end of this show. But let's, let's get straight to it, fellas. Um, now, I know both of you had had uh, Kovalev um, holding the L at the end of the night when it comes to prediction-wise. Um you know, I, I my my vote does not even count because I couldn't get it uh, brought upon there. So it's neither here nor there. Even though I picked Kovalev win, uh, it doesn't matter because Sergey Kovalev. I mean, let's be honest, fellas. He was pretty much doing. I wouldn't say a lot, but close to uh, a good amount of what he was doing the last fight, as far as controlling the fight and. Um, and doing what he wanted to do. Uh, now, he did get caught, and it did end up vicious. Um, with the six-month suspension from knockouts of such, he, he didn't wait long as this was only the second day outside of six months of the suspension into getting the fight back. Now, Kovalev, um, 
he looked, look, <clears throat> I was uh, watching a fight with a Russian homie I know, and uh, Russian American, and he was, uh, he was a little upset because he's like, well, that's not Russia or Kovalev. Um, it reminded me of Manny Pacquiao looking at Kovalev last night. And what I mean by that is it reminded me of Manny Pacquiao when he got knocked out viciously by Juan Manuel Marquez. And when he came back in Macau, China against Brandon Rios, we seen Manny Pacquiao fight safe. He was uh, very weary and, um, of, of, of the um, no background checks. So I got an echo going on. I don't want to hear myself talk. I don't like hearing my voice. Um, but, no, the, um, it reminded me of Manny Pacquiao when he fought Brandon Rios because the skills were there and all of that, but you didn't see the same assertiveness when it comes to looking for the knockout. And, hey, if Pacquiao fought the way he fought Brandon Rios, safe and uh, not stupid enough to get knocked out with one second left on the clock, he might have, uh, you know, saved himself a couple of those L's. Um, but that's what I've seen from Kovalev last night. Not the same guy uh, aggressively enough to get back into crusher mode and uh, leave himself susceptible to shots. And, um, you know, hey, it wasn't crusher Kovalev. What I seen yesterday was Sergey Boxer Kovalev. And, uh, you know, he was willing to exchange sometimes, but as soon as he was in the phone booth, he was out very quick. Um, Elderly Alvarez, to his credit, you know, he, he landed some good shots on Kovalev. Granted, he didn't go to the body enough as we all know the blueprint to be for Alvarez. Um, you know, there was an instance there within the seventh round, eighth round, something like that, where he uh, went to the body with both hands and Kovalev immediately grabbed him, you know, um, with the grimacing look on his face. He did not like that. Um, so a terrible, terrible job by the corner too also, you know. Um, I forget the gentleman's name. I should have wrote it down, uh, but – the corner to Elder Alvarez um, advising him to abandon the body work and just go for shots up top. Um, not a smart game plan going against Sergey Kobolev. But that was a bad one at that. Uh, but Elder Alvarez completely got schooled. Um, it was a complete washing for Kobolev. Uh, you know, with the outside of the ring, um, things that he's got going on, it couldn't have happened at a better time for him to pick up that strap and essentially uh, secure himself uh, um, some good money down the road. Uh, new corner also for Kovalev, it seems that they have a very good working relationship, um, a little bit different than John David Jackson, but uh, a hell of a job, uh, a hell of a job. Uh, gave Kovalev uh, that knocking on the head that he needed and to not get himself in such trouble when it comes to exchanges in the phone booth. But Willa, uh, I'll go to you first. You were there live and with great seats, man. Um, <clears throat> Kovalev looked like uh, he looked different, but a damn good boxing, a, uh, a good boxing performance by Sergey Kovalev, as you would say, easy work. What did you think about that performance by Kovalev? Man? Well, you know, at the last show, um, Everybody had Kovalev taking the L. I mean, um, you know, I don't. I didn't really listen to the last show again. Uh, I should have, but I didn't. I don't remember if at the end of the. I think at the end of us saying that, I was 
I was at one point about to say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think I said I wouldn't be surprised, but then I said, no, I'm not going to even say that because I I really believe that Kovalev was, was out of there. You know, he's got the situation going on where he's beating women on the outside. He's got all this going on. but Allegedly. Why was I? Yeah, allegedly. I, boy, was I surprised, man. He went out there. Um, he started early. He was boxing. You know, he took it back. Like I said, it wasn't the crusher anymore. And I think, uh, you know, Kovalev is 33, 32, 33, 34 years old around that. So, he, you know, it, it's 35. time for that circus. Oh, he's 35. So, yeah, it's time for that second little, uh, that second hurrah. And I think that's what he did last night. You know, he went ahead, you know, and sucked up his uh, his racism. And um, the last person I saw at the, at the end of the night before I walked out was Buddy McGirt. I gave him a uh, a pound, and I said, man, you did a good job. It looks like he put all that racism to the side. And Buddy McGurk, he laughed, and he walked off. Um, you you know, said that? Kovalev, yes, yeah. I said, I gave him a dab. <laughs> we, I was walking through. He was walking out. I was walking out. He was walking in. I said, man, you did a good job with him, man. It looks like he put that racism to the side. He just started laughing and just and, 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 and took off. So it was, uh, hey, he Kovalev had to fight like the people that he used to hate the most. That's a black man. He did a lot of sticking and moving. Uh, oh you're right. Uh, that Pacquiao, he he was doing a lot of that extra, like that, you know, he would do like a three-round, uh, not a three-round, a, a, a four- or five-punch combo when he was just, you know, throwing those out. You know, he was doing a lot of extra. He was doing a lot of stuff yeah. that we haven't seen. But at the same time, you know, Kovalev, was it, I think he was an Olympic boxer. He's really, he showed that he can box. And he showed that he's and that he's elite, and he showed that he's still the top dog at the light heavyweight division, even though, you know, just uh, three weeks ago he was washed goods, man. It's good to see. Like I yeah. said, like I said last week, I've been uh, to three of uh, Kovalev's fights. This is the third one. He always puts on a, a pretty good show. He's always coming. He's the box, and he did a he did a great job, man. I'm uh, I give him a. a I give him a A, you know, as a grade, uh, B minus A. He still was getting stuck a few times. and then At the end of the fight, it looked like he might have could have got dropped, but his chin, his chin was solid. He he, he was very uh, – he, he was in shape, you know, didn't get tired. You know, around the 10th round, uh, ninth, 10th round people on the in the press row were starting, you know, this is where this is where it might end, this is where it's in. And I was like, I don't know. He don't look that tired out there. And he was sticking and moving the whole time. Hey, Kovalev's back. He's good for boxing. You know, there's only a few races that I like, and that's uh, Hollywood Hogan and uh, Sergey Kovalev is also in that uh, in realm of uh, races <laughs> that, for some reason, I'm uh, I'm going for. But you know, great great performance by him. He's back. I don't know if we call that is that an upset? Is that a big ass upset? I don't know because it's like no. you know that. Top Kovalev is better than Alvarez, and we saw a top Kovalev, so it's not like it's an upset, but it's a it's a redemption story as far as boxing goes. Now let's see about uh, his one uh, his his alleged woman beating outside the ring, man. But besides that, man, good fight, uh, excellent, great great performance by Kovalev. Alvarez didn't throw any. I don't know what the hell Alvarez was doing. I had Alvarez winning one one round. I think that might have been the seventh round. I had the first round, the even round. I couldn't, I didn't really give it to anybody. So I had it, uh, I believe, 109, 118 for uh, 
for Kovalev. Alvarez, some some rounds he would come out punching early, looking like, all right, oh, shit, here it goes. This might be it. And then he would just stop and shut it down. I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know. But every time they would exchange, you know, he would exchange. Kovalev would hit him. He would hit Kovalev. Kovalev would back out, but so would Alvarez. Alvarez really didn't seem like he was he was interested in uh, going toe-to-toe either. So I don't know what the hell Alvarez was doing. He didn't look the same, but neither did uh, neither did Kovalev at the end of that fight. So, you know, great fight. It was a great way to end up the night. Good job for Kovalev. I think he is the top light heavyweight in the game again. And, uh, you know, a couple more fights, he'll be back in the top pound for pound before it's almost over for him. He's probably got another year or two. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely, man. Um, uh, I mean, what a difference a fight makes, man, because everyone was looking at him like a 35-year-old who got knocked out viciously and pretty much washed goods. And now you're over here saying, you know, he's the top dog in the division. You know, the guy had two losses to uh, arguably uh, the second best um, behind Floyd in um, – and Andre Ward, and, you know, you've you got to take that with a grain of salt because Andre Ward uh, pretty much, I thought that he would uh, wash anybody um, at that weight class at the time, what he did to Kovalev, and, you know, that's, you know, the loss to Elderly Alvarez was, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a lucky punch, it's just getting caught like that. And if you notice, Kovalev a lot of the night was, uh, he was moving a lot, but he was moving a lot to his right. You know, when he would get in exchanges, he'd start moving to the right. And uh, he was staying away from that right hand. You know, didn't want to, didn't want to get caught the way he got caught. Uh, Alvarez not known as a big puncher, but when you land that money shot, we've seen what happens. So um, I also give Kovalev an A, but my minus next to it. Uh, I like the boxing performance. We always knew Kovalev was a really good boxer who just uh, kind of fell in love with the hype and fell in love with the power shots and fell in love with the highlights and things like that. Um, fell in love with the Crusher moniker and all that stuff. But uh, yesterday he knew he had to fight a smart game plan, and he did. Um, it, it, regardless if he's not the Crusher, uh, or that wasn't the Crusher, I have to say, last night, he got the win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. So um, really good performance by Kovalev. And like you did say, boxing needs uh, a, a better Kovalev opposed to what we've seen the previous bout. So uh, let's swing it to JP and see what he has to say about the fight. Um, JP, uh now, when I listened to the Wednesday show, you know, Willie, you didn't sound like much of a Kovalev guy. Uh, uh, similar to Willa, not a fan of him, uh, even though he's been in his last few fights. It's strange. But it sounded like, um, I mean, I, I, I could see what people thought that he would uh, uh, hold that L again and probably ultimately walk away with his head down in shame in boxing. But, I mean, with that performance last night, did he impress you at all? And, and what did you see from Kovalev, the boxer Kovalev last night, my friend. <clears throat> well, let me take something Willa said and put it to the side for the for a minute and come back to it. So Kovalev is good for boxing. Willa said that. Let me put that to the side, and I'm going to come back to that. But uh, I'll, I'll start first with Kovalev. Um, I was impressed most by his seeming um, better stamina. You know, he seemed to have better stamina this fight. When we all, when the seventh round started, I think everyone thought to themselves and said, okay, here's where the fight changes. Here's where Alvarez turns it up, puts pressure on Kovalev, and Kovalev eventually folds to the pressure, 
sometime here in the next few rounds. Never happened. And he seemed to look still to have bounce in his legs and, you know, seemed to have that uh, enough bounce to where you'd say, hey, he, he doesn't seem to be dwindling in the later rounds. Um, <clears throat> I'll say this also, uh, he's not called the crusher anymore. He's called the toucher because I really didn't see, <laughs> Good one. you know, I, I didn't see nothing with no stank on it per se. You know, I didn't really feel like, you know, he started to sit down on the right hand just a bit, but it's nothing like the old crusher, man. I, I don't know what the the real definitive difference is here, but there's definitely a difference in the a, in a authoritative nature of how he's throwing that right hand. Um, did he just go back and say, hey, I'm going to just revert and go ahead and box these guys? I wasn't overly impressed with his work. Um, and that leads me to Alvarez. Now, what is Eladir Alvarez known for? Taking step-aside money, right? And now, unfortunately, i got to go conspiracy theorist Jay. Look, man, like Willis said, let's go for it. Now, like Willis said, Alvarez just seemed way too fucking content to sit here and let his fucking title once-in-a-lifetime shot just slip out of his hands, just with a game plan that seemed to be non-existent, wasn't there. You know, just like, hey, I'm just kind of going to try to stab to the body every now and again and land this right hand. But I've seen a way better Alvarez than what we've seen last night, way better. I don't know what was happening. And so now let me go back to what we put aside that Willis said. I once said, like, Kovalev has a large promotional backing behind him. In fact, Kovalev, let's be honest, boxing sells narratives. And Kovalev is a part of a very profitable narrative in boxing, the big, bad European fighter thing. And when that was at its highest, that's when Triple G was most feared and Kovalev was a fucking pound-for-pound fighter. There's a lot behind Crusher Kovalev, and let's look at Eladir Alvarez. What's the backing behind him? Anybody? Who, who's showing they, up uh, for Alvarez? They they had a, a ESPN had a, a when they <clears throat> when they have like the uh, accolades of a fighter and that the you know the five time champion or whatever. Uh, ESPN had a good family man. <laughs> there you ain't know. shit behind him. <laughs> Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's no story behind them. And it's like, who's you going to draw in the Colombian crowd? You can't even use the Mexican fan base for this dude, you know, because that don't translate. So, you know, the money's in Kovalev. And going back to it, man, Kovalev's good for boxing. He's good for the business of boxing. He's good for the narrative of boxing. We all know boxing thrives on – kind of racial divide that that's always been a part of it so that's always a storyline if you could get you could bring old andre ward back imagine how much money that is come on you, you know we talking about a, a fight that could draw uh 1.2 even 1.5 pay-per-views at this point if kovalev was to go on knock two more guys out <clears throat> that that's easy work that's money for ward he should be in favor of that happening so 
I just feel like Eladir Alvarez, who's known for taking some step-aside money, just may have took a little bit more step-aside money because I feel like the effort. He had to know Kovalev fighting for his life here. Literally, man. This fight was for the man's life last night. He loses last night. That's the end of Crusher Kovalev. That's the end of him. So, you know. I hate to go that route because I'd love to be like, you know, everything's even Steven. But his effort just seems so lackluster. And I've seen such a better, more tenacious Alvarez. And so for him to just come out this flat, this lack of urgency, you know, I just found it to be interesting. Um, And that's what I got. But at the end of it, Overly, overall, I'm not super impressed with Kovalev. Um, do I feel he made improvement? I don't know. You know, he was kind of touchy. He's the toucher uh, Kovalev. JP, real so. quick. JP, bro, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off or nothing, but, but real quick, man. Um, but don't you think, though, I'm with you. I love a good conspiracy theorist as the next man. But don't you think um, Alvarez in the first fight was such an underdog and not expected to beat Kovalev, don't you think it's a little bit in the psyche, like, man, you know, I did beat him, but but, but I don't know if I could do it again. You know, I did catch him. Like, do you think that some, some of that was in the back of this guy's mind? Because when you have an upset victory, uh, it seems like it's more of a psychological disadvantage to, to uh, elevate yourself to a place that you, you pretty much, you know, only believed in yourself to get to at that point in time, you know? Well, the reason why I wouldn't subscribe to that in the case of Alvarez is because he's been a top-tier fighter being ducked in this division, taking step-aside money from Stevenson and, and the likes of for years now. So this is not some little prospect coming up and, like, getting his first shot or any real taste of the real top competition. I believe Alvarez has been up here and been solid on this level for the longest of time. And so that said, I don't believe he thinks he was like, wow, he's questionable in his mind whether he could actually be Kovalev. And by the looks of how he came into the first fight, he didn't look afraid of Kovalev at all. In fact, you'd say he looked damn near overly confident at some points. So, you know, that's where I go with that. No, definitely, man. I'm with you. Um, you know, and, and, and a, a good thing, a, a good point you made is is that, you know, boxing, it seems, always has – it's always – we all know it's, you know, racially beneficial for certain type of uh, fighters and, and things like that. And we always had the Russian guy, uh, you know, ever since, you know, the Rocky Balboa movie and shit like that. So um, uh, I'll swing it to Willa first and get back to you, JP, because I'm, I'm, he said he wants unification next. Now, it, him and Bevo are cool. They're, they're boys. Um, can you um, – Willa, do you think that Kovalev gets into this uh, uh, unification bout with uh, uh, Dimitri Bivol next? Or, I mean, uh, uh, you see him getting in there and ultimately trying to collect some extra straps? Because I think that would be a pretty good fight if he gets in there with Dimitri Bivol. Uh, yeah, I think, um, like I said when, I, when, when discussing it, I think that the number one lightweight in the game right now is uh, – uh, light heavyweight, I'm sorry, in the game right now is Kovalev. Uh, the reason why I don't think, uh, as far as JP, conspiracy JP, the reason why I don't think that uh, Alvarez was uh, taking a dive or took the, took the step aside money is because he did land a few shots. 
he did go for broke a few times, and that's how he won the last fight. Um, I, I don't know what was going on with him, but I don't think it was that because, you know, that's like saying Chuck Knight had uh, – but he got hit in the head with a bullet. He was in there, you know, to knock him out. So he, I don't think he took the money, and I'm still trying to knock you out because then, then he's going to have some explaining to do. Uh, legs are going to get broke. So I don't think that had anything to do with it. I don't know what it was. Um, I think he was trying to land the big shot and he couldn't do it. But as far as as far as uh, Bebo, I think he's a little – I mean, I don't know. You know, you would think, you know, a couple of months ago, you would think he's a little too fast, uh, a little too young, a little too spry for Kovalev, you know. But Alvarez is, uh, um, is fast, was a little faster, a little spryer than him. And, and Bebo, we've seen he's not really <laughs> – I don't think he's knocking boys out like uh, like that anymore. Um, so I don't know. I think that's a great fight. We'll see the old guard versus the new guard. I think um, you know he didn't say any names, but he said he wants to unify, and that's where Kovalev is in his career. He don't need to take any other fights unless they're big money and big belts. That's it. So um, yeah, I'm interested in that fight. I think it's a good one. Uh, you know, not looking at the stats right now for some reason, I'm thinking that. Last couple of fights, Bibble hasn't hasn't been able to knock his guy out. He's looking like he ain't as strong as we thought he was, um, you know. But still looking, still looking good out there, still boxing. So I think, um, you know, with Kovalev not, if Kovalev not going, not, uh, you know, say that again. My bad. I was just gonna, I was just gonna, I was just gonna bring up the fact that, uh, uh, you know, when Bibble had uh, went ghost when he had. Uh, when uh, he had fought, what's, what's my man's name? Um, Cuban guy, Triple G's homie. Ah, fuck, I can't think of it. But um, um, but so when best, he so went ghost, with an S. So best, no. yeah, yeah, that, that, that I can't fought, fucking uh, think of it right now. Andre Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought Ward. About, Sullivan Barrett. Sullivan Barrett. Sullivan, uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah, um, but when he was gonna fight, remember Willow? We talked about this early last year uh, when Bivol was looking like a killer. I believe it was last January, um, and he went ghost for about three to four weeks when contract negotiations happened when Sullivan Barrera brought up a lot of testing. So, hey, I'm not saying, but it's something to think about when it comes to Bivol not having that same kind of power when he kind of was put on the spot about when it came to testing. And I'm sure, you know, uh, it, it's definitely a red flag in uh, my skeptical eyebrow raising with uh, one Dimitri Bivol for sure. So you got to keep that in mind yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that's a great fight. Uh, Kovalev, that's where, he, like I said, that's where he is in his career. He needs to be taking big fights. He needs to be taking fights for uh, for the belt and trying to be making more, uh, you know, more history. You know, he's a three-time champion. Big, That's big. Um, you know, he's uh, putting his name in the history books right now. So that's what Kovalev needs to do. And, when you started with JP, you said that I wasn't a uh, a a uh, fan of Kovalev. I've always been a fan of Kovalev, except for when he got slept and, and was beating up hoes. Even when he was, and then when he started getting racist. But that was more about the war thing. You know, before then, I, I fucked with Kovalev, especially after he beat the hell out of my guy uh, Hopkins. I started fucking with him. Uh, so I'm not, you oh, know, I'm not a. Yeah, maybe I didn't really like him, but I, I, I always thought that he was good for boxing, and I want to see him fight. So uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a hater of Kovalev. I fuck with him, and uh, you know, yeah. So 
Well, yeah. I Hopefully mean, we'll get, we'll get some, was, some big names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I see. I, I, for one, became a Kovalev fan the night he beat the shootout Bernard Hopkins. That was my favorite one. But, um, <clears throat> no, uh, you know, because if it's not Dimitri Bivol, you got what? Uh, uh, Marcus Brown, you know, dude who just beat Buddy Jack. So, um, that's looking like the two options for Kovalev. Uh, he wants to get unifications. He wants to get that bag. Um, he's at that point in time in his career where he can do so. So, um, can he school uh, Dimitri Bivol? And I know they're friends, but business is business? Probably. I mean, but you never know. Uh, Bivol, he's shown that he's got some pretty good boxing skills himself. Um, and Marcus Brown, maybe. I don't I mean, I don't know, man. It was, a, it, it, it was such an intense fight for me watching yesterday because we're looking at the guy who was the most feared man in boxing at one point in time, a man who killed another man in the squared circle with his hands. Like, Kovalev was such a killer for these last five years, you know, and to see him and, and just to have the thought in your mind of him being susceptible to one right hand over the top or, or a body shot that's going to uh, blow out his gas tank. Um, it was an intense fight for me, man. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Kovalev fan or anything like that, but just the mystique of the crusher, uh, it wasn't there. Andre Ward, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, given uh, to Shug Green, it, it seemed like the ghost was taken from her, but he didn't give up the ghost all the way. Um, so uh, it was a hell of a performance. But, uh, I mean, uh, I'll swing it to JP. JP, um, he's talking about unification. How do you see him uh, with the, the likes of Dimitri Bivol or even Marcus Brown? I don't think um, Kovalev is going that route, like I said. I think it's all to get Andre Ward out of retirement and build that up. <clears throat> so I don't think you'll see Gavorch, Dick, or, or Bivol. I think, you know, they'll let that Mary go around with Marcus Brown. And if they can, I'm not sure what side of the street. No, those guys are uh, top-ranked guys, right? No, I, I feel you, man. I, I feel you. Um... Uh, it'd be interesting, man. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, if they were to have a fight like the Bibble, if they were going to do a unification fight, uh, I'm pretty sure they'd probably do it over there in Russia. They'll have Vladimir Putin, you know, uh, uh, front row and all that good shit. And, um, I mean, hey, <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be a pretty good fight to watch if they had it happen. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Bobby Jack is going to want to get back with Marcus Brown. So we'll see what, what Kovalev it's got in store for the future. I mean, I was never a fan of uh, of the promotional company that that uh, Kovalev is with, and uh, you know, um, hey, he's he's pretty much fighting for life or death right now. So we'll see how things move along with this guy. But you know, I think we we we, talk, we talked our ears off about Kovalev enough, and uh, I just want to end it with saying I'm glad to see him uh, have some success, regardless of uh, some of the allegations. And uh, some of the skepticism from boxing fans and uh, and everybody involved with, um, if we could get this guy in the ring in tip-top shape, it'd be good, especially for the light heavyweight division, but in boxing uh, in in a whole. But um, yo, this uh, this kid, Tiafimo Lopez. Um, you know the fight started a little later, as we mentioned. So we watched the first two fights on the undercard that was on ESPN, and then switched over to ESPN Plus. And everybody in the household is like, oh, get ready, the main event's going to start. And then they're like, oh, man, this ain't the main event. I was like, no, no, no. Y'all need to check this kid out for real. Teofimo Lopez. Man. Um, now, look, I know 
sometimes we can all be a prisoner of the moment. And I try to not allow myself to get to that. And there's no but to this. What I'm going to say is he had a phenomenal performance last night when it comes to hand speed, pop, ring generalship. Um, I just want to say everybody's going to give him an A-plus performance for what he did. Uh, maybe an A-plus would be getting him out of there a little faster, but um, hands a little too low for me. And when it comes to um, him with the takeover and all that, now I'm not trying to take any, anything away from him because I myself give him an A for what he did last night. It was a hell of a, hell of a performance. Great performance. I mean, I put on my Twitter, phenom, you know, but – um, I just want to say when it comes to world-class fighters, um, as far as opposition goes, uh, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to keep your hands that low and, um, and, and just pick off dudes the way he did last night. Now, I love that he had uh, the uppercut uh, very awarely in his arsenal because sometimes I feel like the uppercut's a forgotten art as much as trainers tell fighters to use their jab. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, I mean, the performance last night was, I mean, a mauling. It was, it was a, a, a lion with a fucking gazelle. It, it was, I mean, by the second round, you know, there was really uh, no question about who's going to win the fight. Um, you know, Diego Magdaleno was taking some vicious shots the whole time. And, uh, I mean, uh, just a, a, a hell of a performance that I – can't really take a lot away from other than the fact that if I'm nitpicking and looking towards uh, what's ahead, and uh, because he did mention after this year he's moving up in weight class. So we're in February right now, early February. Um, <clears throat> we'll see when he gets back in the ring again and again too, but um, it seems like he's uh, he really is about that, that action where he's trying to get up and wait and get some bigger paychecks and and that thing, and, and you know, um, uh, uh, I mean, he's got a following from the um, from the millennials when it comes to the celebrations that he does with the Fortnite dancing because Fortnite on social media, uh, they, uh, they post that stuff out, and as we know, Fortnite, I never played it, honestly, but it's a pretty big following from the millennial generation that's out right now. Like, uh, this kid, the, these kids probably don't know anything about boxing, but they know who the hell Tiafimo Lopez is. And that's a big uh, uh, fan base for himself coming outside of boxing. Also, speaking Spanish, very bad fan base from you. Speaks uh, eloquent, or I wouldn't say eloquent, but he speaks good English uh, without an accent and things like that. You get that following. And he talks that shit, and um, you get the bad boy image at times as far as uh, – what you could call it a home run swing. Uh, it looked like to me more so a golf swing, like get the fuck out of here, <laughs> teed off once he knocked old boy out and it was over. Uh, their corner didn't take a liking to it. And, um, you know, hey, if you don't like it, you you had a chance to do something. But, you know, um, now in that fight, the official probably could have stopped it. You know, uh, I think Joe Tessitore said, didn't have to happen, but you know when Magdaleno is getting tagged up and it seems as if the ref is getting ready to get in there, 
Magdaleno's telling the ref, like, no, don't stop it, don't stop it. And then he's, you know, hitting his fists together, putting his arms out, like, let's go, let's go. And knocked the fuck out. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. He knocked that boy back to sixth grade. Um, I know he was an Italian. I need a close-up view. I don't know if he knocked the pepperoni out of his mouth. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, um, man, I mean, I don't know. That was that was pretty bad. But very enjoyable for the viewing of the fans. And uh, TFML Lopez, man, that kid, uh, he's a natural fucking talent with a lot of it. And he's got that mouthpiece to back it up. Uh, or to to build it up in the hands to back it up, I should say. So I'm going to go to JP first on this one. Uh, JP, that performance from Tiafimo Lopez yesterday for me, uh, I give him an A. And um, this kid has got a lot of talent and a pretty bright future from the looks of Bob Arum's big-ass smile at the end of the fight. What did you think about Tiafimo Lopez's uh, performance yesterday, my friend? Oh, man, I was uh, blown away by it. <clears throat> so let me tell you why, though, specifically. Because there are certain types of fighters, and Max touched on this. I think this was the kind of coolest thing that was said over the night. Tiafimo Lopez reminds you of greats in one sense. He's But he's a certain kind of great. But Tiafimo Lopez got that one thing we haven't seen since, Roy Jones. And that's the the quick twitch thing that Max talked Max talked about with the quick twitch muscle, but what I'm most highly impressed by and what you rarely see, a power counterpunch style with power, but most of all, the ability to pick the perfect shot and throw it whenever you want. And that's what he was doing last night. So anybody, not anybody, so very elite fighters like a Manny Pacquiao style, an attack style where you throw lots of punches. Now, Manny sets up some punches here and there, and, it's prim- and especially in his prime, he could set things up. But he was never – it's harder. It's easier to be an attack fighter at a high level than it is especially to be a power-punching counter-puncher. Dude, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's rare flash, and that's what Roy could do back in his time, like sit back, let you throw this, and just boom, a short uppercut put you to sleep. You know what I mean? That's that shit right there. So, um, and that's what Tiafimo Lopez most impressively to me has. Just rarely seen, you know what I mean? Maybe a young Mayweather every now and again, you know what I mean? But Mayweather never countered with that style. Now, Mayweather could throw that perfect punch. Even in his older age, he can pull pull your left jab and throw his right hand. And you seen Tiafimo doing that with a, with a fucking right uppercut last night off the dude's jab. That's sweet, A beautiful man. pull counter. Good point. That's sweet. You know what I mean? It don't get no sweeter and quicker. And and then all that lends itself to is that this boy brain is better than yours. So what? What when you get to that level of it, his his brain is thinking quicker than yours. It's ahead of your shit because he he's assessed your limitations. That's why I think in the first round he barely did any work kind of downloaded this guy and said, okay, you're going to try to come with this weak jab shit. I'm going to just lean right uh, and stand on my front foot and throw that short uppercut in there. You know what I mean? So just beautiful, man. I'm so that said, I like to also say, I think last show I was saying 
the fighter I'm highest on is Gravante Davis because Gravante Davis has some of those exact characteristics I just talked about as far as the ability to counter power punch in the pick shots. But Teofimo Lopez, who, by the way, is huge at that weight, and also I guarantee mm-hmm. they don't let Lomachenko see him. I guarantee No way. No fucking way will Lomachenko get his short ass anywhere near this boy because he's going to get knocked out. I believe that. Yeah, I'm so, with you um, on that, bro. <laughs> fuck yeah. So, but um, just tremendously high on this kid's future. Sky's the limit. Yeah, the sky's – I mean, uh, a good point that you brought up was the, the brain of this kid because – um, sometimes, you know, it seems like, you know, we're just uh, – fighters are just brutes out there when it comes to strength and, and uh, when it comes to just imposing your will and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, when I see a guy like David Benavides, I, I, I credit the boxing brain that that kid has. When I see Tina, Tia Pima Lopez last night, I was like, this kid has the speed. I love the, the – the uh, comparison with the Roy Jones as well too, because the speed, the pop, and how smart he is in that. He was doing exactly what he wanted when he wanted. Uh, could he have ended the fight if he wanted to just put his foot on the gas in the second round? Probably. <laughs> he mentioned that at the end of the fight. You know, he wanted that that opposition wanted their dog fight, but now nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to be smarter than that. So I like that too because you know with the kid, um, I believe his last fight was here at the Savemar Center in Fresno, where I'm at. And uh, that's when he had, I forget who the white guy, the white guy was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, but that's when he had knocked him out before he even hit the canvas with that right hand early, I think the second round. He had, uh, he had hit him with the overhand right, and boy was asleep before he hit the canvas. So, I mean, he's got some, I mean, just dangerous power and big for the weight class. Lomachenko's little ass does not want no problems with that. I mean, he's no smoking a lot of fucking trouble, a lot of trouble. I mean, <laughs> Teofimo Lopez, um, as I mentioned, when it comes to skills, they paying the bills. When it comes to the mouthpiece, he's going to get people talking, the internet buzzing, things like that, and that matters today. You know, he talks a lot of shit, and I know people don't like that. You know, his dad talks a lot of shit too. Um, you know, they're – they're very uh, reminiscent of the, the Garcias and things like that. So, um, hey, bottom line is this kid, I mean, Bob Arum has dollar signs looking at him moving forward. And, I mean, uh, Let a me, lot uh, of that. Go ahead. My bad to cut you. Let me comment on the after fight antics. Now, hey, it looks to me Good like Tiafimo Lopez is, 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 hey, he's going for pay-per-view. He's going for box office. So, yep. like I always fucking say, look, man, you can't be lukewarm with this shit. You either got to be loved or hated. It's the polar effects here. For especially mm-hmm. a fighter, you know, and let's just be more specific, especially when it comes to fighters of color. Look like, look at guys like Errol Spence mm-hmm. and Terrence Crawford in contrast oh, to man. lesser – in contrast to a lesser fighter like Adrian Broner, who probably at this time has made three, four times the money they've made. It's because he's either loved or hated, whereas Crawford and Spence are these good fucking black dudes. You know what I mean? Well, Spence even more so. But they becoming more of villains. You know, they happen to become more of villains. You can't just be the Gialli Shucks 
black dude. Like, I think if yeah. Devin Haney don't get some flavor to his shit, he might start to struggle with notoriety, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's neither here nor there, man. That's a rabbit hole. But uh, Lopez, to me, seems to be going for it. And do I agree with what happened in that fight? Like, now, what he did. No, let me first talk about the corner. Terrible, the referee, egregious. It was just no reason to send that dude out there no more, man. And then I feel like the I referee had a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man, he's a piece of fucking trash. And I feel like he had ample opportunity. It was a time before them, before them two left hands landed. And he had ample opportunity to jump in there and said, at this fucking point, there's nothing for this dude to do but get fucking slept. Because it yep. was obviously coming. It was coming, man. Everybody knew that yep. shit was coming. And he had time to get in there before that happened. And then it just fucking happened. And like Tim Bradley said, you know, that just cost that guy some time off his life. That cost him oh, some yeah. fucking brain cells. That cost him something, talking to his grandkids, you know. And uh, that, that the man. difference in that fucking 20 seconds, man, save a man a conversation with his children down the line. But... Tiafimo oh. after the fight. Um, now I think what he did was not a. Um, what, are, what are people saying? The movie does. He did the grave digger thing. He like dig the ditch and threw the dirt. That's the movie does. It's not. Ah um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what he does. Um, was it professional? But the, uh, no. the dance he was doing was the shoot. I believe that's what the kids are calling it nowadays. Was what he did distasteful? Yeah. It, I, I think it was. Was it enough for mm-hmm. me to be like, you know, fuck this kid? No, not for me. But I think it's not meant for a guy like me to say fuck this kid. I think it's for those other people who are supposed to hate him to say fuck this kid. So, uh, yeah, I think it all works in the end. So, flying raving reviews on my side of it. Yeah, no, great point, man, great point, because that shit needs to be noticed. Um, you know, the taunting is obviously, you know, because I've seen it on my feedback on social media. People are like, uh, you know, he needs to be humble. Can't wait to see that happen to him and shit like that. And it's like, you know, you don't understand the business aspect of this sport because uh, Bud Crawford obviously has that dog in him, but it's a silent killer type of a dog. He's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's nothing really – when it comes to the, and I understand that the narrative of a black fighter is, you know, you got to be like Floyd and Adrian and, and have some buffoonery to you to make some notoriety and, and, and clicks and all that things of that nature. And some people are just not out of character that way. I get it because if you're not that kind of person and you try to be that person, it comes off as fake as a, a 2019 WWE promo where they're just, you're not that guy. You know, so I get it, um, but at the end of the day, the uh, what Tio Fimo Lopez puts on display uh, when the microphone's on or the, the cameras are rolling, that's him 100%, and that shit sells, and it makes money, and that's what this sport, you know, uh, a lot of guys have made, have bought some big houses for things like that, um, and, and I agree with it, what you're saying, and uh, was it distasteful? Sure. It was a little disingenuous what he did yesterday, but at the end of the day, uh, showmanship counts in this sport. Uh, as much as people do like it or don't like it, 
um, you, you know, uh, shit. <laughs> It 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 it, uh, it makes money, gets clicks, and this is what we're about. Making this is the big boy, this is the the million dollar business, not the thousand dollar business over there in the MMA. So this is where we get the big money at with things like that. Now, if I was the corner of of uh, of Magdalenos when you seen him doing that, the grave digger and the shoot dance and all that stuff, I would have been upset. But you don't get to the point to where you want to confront the fighter yourself you had somebody in there who trained pretty well to get in there and do something about it um you know uh, uh and at this point in time if earl spence was to come off and and uh try to sound like somebody else that we don't know uh it, you know it's just it, 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 you, you can't fool the people because i mean jb you have a really good earl spence <laughs> impersonation like he's not gonna talk no shit afterwards and and say things like that, you know, he probably thanked the crowd for coming and, and all that good stuff like that. Like, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, let me, let me ask you real quick, if you could give me a quick impersonation of him. If Earl Spence knocks out or beats Mikey Garcia and he gets the microphone at the end of the fight, let's role play here real quick. I'm Jim Gray and you could be Earl Spence. Earl, hell of a performance tonight or great performance tonight, I should say. What do you want to say about this win? Well, well, Jim, I, I, I'd like to thank you. First, I'd like to thank you, Jim. Then I, I, I'd like to thank God. And I'd like to thank my daddy and my mama. Um, I just want to say thank Mikey Garcia for, for giving me the opportunity. Jerry Jones, thank you. Um, top rank, uh, Al Heyman. And I'd just like to thank everybody for having me. Thank y'all. <laughs> See, that shit don't sell, man. <laughs> That's great, bro. <laughs> That shit don't sell, man. That don't sell at all, bro. Like, you, you would think, you know, how he kicks it with A.B. and the Charlos, like, you know, a little bit rub off. But Earl, I mean, here's a little bit of what I think sometimes when it comes to that, too. You know, how we like to think. We're, we're second-level thinkers here with some of this stuff. And Bud Crawford, in my opinion, you know, how he had his mom who, you know, would tell him he ain't shit and had a rough upbringing like that. I think he does look at Spence soft because he had a, you know, mother and father growing up in a nice home, and, you know, he was EJ. You know, I think he's, he looks at him a little soft compared to how his upbringing was. That's just a little side note of when it comes to that shit. But, you know, Tiafimo, he's got all the tools in the box to make big money, and that's why he's talking about, yo, after this year, next weight class, we're on the bigger and better things. Um, for me, I mean, shit, he's, he's big for the class already. And moving up to 140, you know, you got the likes of uh, of, uh, of Jose Ramirez there. <laughs> you know, um, there's going to be fights for him, and I can see this kid moving up. He's only 21 years old, JP, only 21, bro. So there's a, a lot of juice in this lemon to squeeze before that shit's dry, man. Hey, hey I see. It's, it's still me, Arrow. And I, I just want to – Apologize for that night that I was drunk. This is that was the first time y'all ever seen me do anything, and I want to say I was hanging out with the Charlo brothers and Brona, and I have to be honest, them niggas got me some pussy that night for the first time. I lost my virginity that night, and I was drunk for the first time, and that's the only time I ever did anything in my whole life. I swear to God. And and, and, and I didn't stop boxing in 2015. I I, I I'm mistaken that one. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, oh, man. Mikey Garcia. If I'm Mikey Garcia, I'm 
I'm sending random deliveries to his house from Cavassier. I'm sending all that shit <laughs> to his house. Because, you know, if he likes to party like that, hey, <laughs> let's lose, let's get him a little softened up for the fight. <laughs> but uh, let me see if Will is with us because he said that he was backing off for a second. Will, are you still there with my man? Yeah, yeah, I've been here. I just said, yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you're ready. Go, tell us about the CFM Lopez because I asked early about it, like how the shot sounded and all that. Because I mean, you did say it's Texas and they'll let you get knocked out and shit like that. But I, I, I would blame the corner before I blame the referee because it just there's there's no point in hell for that kid to continue. Tough guy that Magdaleno, tough fucking guy. But you know he just got his ass beat the whole fight and you were there up front and live. So tell me what you thought about the performance from CFM Lopez, bro. Oh, Teofimo Lopez, is he up next? That's the question everybody's asking, man. Uh, he was looking he was looking great in there. Um, a lot of guys were out there. He was just in there pot-shotting. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of guys that were uh, on the press row, they're like, oh, yeah, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. And I'm like telling him, no, he's doing what he wants to do in there. I don't think, you know, if this guy's out here, you know, he does have that Roy Jones feel about him. Um, but He's, he's still just facing baby bums in there. Imagine Leonardo, Mag Leonardo. Uh, he was all right. Um, he was, I guess, a, a guy that used, they, they thought would be our, a, a, a better boxer than he turned out. But, you know, he went in there and just beat up a little small guy. Looked great. You know, A-plus for the performance. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He even gave it a behind-the-back punch, and he didn't even have to hold the head. He just swooped around and hit him with the behind-the-back punch. So, that's pretty skillful. That's that pretty fast. But only thing I say is he's a bully out here. He's another one of these bullies beating these guys up, you know, um, that are too small. Um, so we just got to see. He's got it. Uh, you know, 140 uh, is probably where he probably needs to be. 147 might be a little too big, but we'll see. Uh, you know, he's still he's still young. But – yeah, he looks great, man. It's the, the only thing I the only thing I say is that he just he he's just he's big out there. So he did catch a few shots, not many, not many shots, but he did, he hasn't fought anybody that good any, either. So you know, hopefully this year he's got all the uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. belts and the national belts. So he's got all of those. So now he's the uh, he he shouldn't be a prospect anymore. He should. He's not a contender. You know, he's a contender right now. So let's uh, let's see what he can do. I'm looking forward to it. He looked great out there. His personality inside the ring, outside the ring, is pretty much the same. You know, I sat there and uh, we talked. I talked to him. Well, I didn't really talk to him. I just sat there while everybody was screaming questions at him, and he seemed like the same type of guy. Him and Crawford. When you talk to them, I did talk to Crawford for a little bit uh, to the side and. They're sort of like the same type of guys. You can see they both have that killer in them. They're both very confident and sure about themselves. Only difference is Crawford isn't, you know, disrespecting guys, um, you know, on the mic. But, you know, they're, they're both got – Tiafimo, I think he was our prospect of the year. We didn't give it to – we didn't give a prospect of the year. And if we did, it would have definitely been him. He is the man. I still – you know, I still think – Davis, like um, like JP said, I think Davis might still be a little better, he's, but he's a little older. Uh, but with these group of young guys, these are 21 and unders, uh, Tia Fimo is leading the charge, man. So, hey, 
job out there, American-born, uh, New York, born and raised. Like you said, he's doing he's doing the uh, interviews with everybody. Then after that, he's doing the interviews with the Mexican stations. Um, hey, he's going to be a star, man. Let's see how he does mm-hmm. when he steps up. He said one more year this. They're not going to feed Lomachenko to him. Uh, I think they were talking about Pedraza. I think that's something that was mentioned, you know, during the little interviews he had after that, uh, after the fight. Uh, Pedraza, they were looking at him next. But he's trying to make things happen, and I'm looking forward to it. A-plus by the young man. Can't wait to see what, it, what the future has in store for him because he is one of the leaders of the new school. So I'm not talking Buster Ryan. He definitely is because uh, one thing I'll I give you – well, not one thing. I'll give you a lot of credit for everything you did yesterday. But one thing I will give you a credit for is, you know, boxers are so uh, friendly as far as interaction-wise. You know, if you try to, you know, see a football player or a basketball player, you know, sometimes they're just trying to get out of there, you know. Um, but boxers are – they promote themselves very well. But when it comes to the media – and things like that, they're probably answering the same question a hundred times. And they're just, you know, it becomes, you know, just uh, a cliche like of things that they say as far as responses go yesterday, but good, good shit by you yesterday, Willow, because you asked him a question about his fellow New York, uh, New New Yorkian, if you want to say, and uh, you want to <laughs> talk about that one yesterday. Cause uh, you sent me the clip and I was like, yo, that was a good job by you asking him something that he looked a little confused at first when you were talking to him. And, you know, you just get the fighters outside their shell and it shows how young this kid really is by his response. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask him that at first. Uh, but I didn't, then I saw him again. You know, he did. He, he, he put on his clothes and he came out and he was working the crowd. You know, he was, made, he was moving in and out. Him and Crawford were making a lot of moves. Not a, lot of, not a lot of the other boxers were doing that. So he was making sure he was being seen. He was doing a great job doing that. Man. So I just asked him about his guy, Takashi 6 who we all know has uh, pled, pled guilty to nine felonies, I believe. So he's going to be probably sitting out. But mm. if you read, I read the transcript. He hasn't snitched yet. So a lot of people saying that he snitched. I thought he did. He hasn't snitched yet. He just said, yeah, fuck it, I did it. Hey, y'all have some, have some mercy on me. I, I'm hiring guns. So that's almost like snitching. I guess saying you did it, it's almost like snitching. But, you know, he ain't pointing no names or, you know, pointing any fingers, saying no names, nothing like that. So he's doing it. You know, so I asked him about that. He said free 6-9. I don't know if he knows the whole story because 6-9 ain't going to be free for a long time. But, hey, cool guy, cool little young kid. Um, Like I said, in and out the ring, he's pretty much the same guy, very cocky looking crazy, you know, very full of itself. But that's how you got to be when you're a boxer, man. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. So, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, man, no, for sure. That kid definitely has a good a good future moving on. Um, but us moving on, we had, before the ESPN Plus card started, a guy that I have a really good liking to in the sport of boxing when it comes to one, Steve Irwin of boxing, Oscar Valdez. Now, Oscar Valdez, has been in a, a lot of dog fights, probably to, uh, I wouldn't say to his detriment because he's won, but as far as taking some time off your career, you know, at the, towards the, the, the later portion of it, I think that'll have some sort of effect on Oscar Valdez because he's been in some, he's been in some scraps, man. Um, you know, the, the most notable being his fight with Scott Quigg that he had where Quigg didn't even make weight and, 
was so much bigger than him, breaking his jaw early in that fight, and for Oscar Valdez to continue, um, spitting a grotesque-like amount of blood into the spit bucket when he was in the corner, uh, it, it says a lot. It speaks volumes to me of this kid's heart, will to win, guts, all that stuff. Oscar Valdez, um, I like that kid a lot. Um, and, you know, he, he might be a little out there with his farm and the zoo he's got going on and stuff like that. But I'm an animal lover myself, so I like that shit too. Now, I'm not going to be swimming with alligators, though. You can miss me with that shit. But um, pretty much the headline of ESPN before switching over to ESPN+. Plus, uh, Oscar Valdez was uh, a little rusty to start, which is understandable. Um, a little cautious to some of the shots that he was taking uh, to the jaw for underst- understandable reasons. So, because, you know, um, he just, when you're coming off a broken jaw like that, it, you, you're going to be weary. You're going to be um, having some, a little bit of self-doubt, not much, a little bit of self-doubt. But, um, you know, uh, in last night's performance, it took him a little while to get going. and But when he, once he started getting going against Carmine Tomasone, he really put together some really good punches. Um, I mean, great body shots, uh, which – you know, had a force of man to take a knee real quick and just gather himself because, you know, Oscar Valdez might not have that quick twitch muscle or reflex as a, a Tiafimo Lopez we're just describing, but he does have fast enough speed and he lands some pretty good pop for his size. And he's just a, he's a dog in there, man. He's a dog in there. And um, I really like Oscar Valdez and uh, his performance yesterday um, I'm gonna give him a B plus on it, uh, he, even though you know he did drop the guy twice, and then the knockdown, knock, uh, the ultimate stoppage. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it would be warranted to give a grade. But me, I'm not a biased person. I I, I don't play favorites. Uh, this is one of my guys, but the slow start renders me of giving him an A. Um, but uh, nonetheless, a great performance. I'm glad to see he was in there. Um, not taking any significant damage that would, uh, uh, you know, continuously have this guy sidelined for a little bit. Um, and I'm just glad to see this guy get back in the ring because it's been a while since he's been out for, you know, well-deserved, well-deserved because, you know, <laughs> fighting a guy that's so much bigger than you, getting your jaw broke. Um, I mean, hey, and to win the fight, ultimately, Oscar Valdez the uh, He's a bad motherfucker, man. And last night's performance, he beat old boy so bad. This one might go into he – might, he might get his ass into donkey of the year for this one. He proposed to his wife or his fiance last night after taking a terrible L. And, well, I don't know, man. I <laughs> – Probably pick a better time guy instead of that because, uh, you know, uh, 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 that one for me, <laughs> moral victories and things like that do nothing for me and let alone a woman to see me get my ass whooped. 
And when she said yes, she's probably, yes, I accept you pussy-ass motherfucker got your ass with. Oh, you know, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, now, some people might look at it a different way. Um, myself, I would, you know, I don't know, man. Hey, you know, you got you to gotta get your wits together, guy. Get your shit together first. You know, you got to make sure you know left from right who's president, what's the date, what year we're in, all that good stuff before you uh, want to pull out and propose to a woman. That's just me. Um, but what do I know? I, I, I'd be engaged to be engaged as far as I'd go. Um, but let's, I just wanted to put that one out there. It's a little strange to, for a man to propose after getting his ass whipped as bad as he did. But I'll swing to JP first and uh, see what he thought about this performance. Because uh, JP, uh, much like we talk about Kovalev being good for boxing, Oscar Valdez uh, speaks very good English, uh, very fluent Spanish, and also an animal lover where – you get a lot of that uh, outside of boxing fan base, uh, which he does. <laughs> so uh, this kid is also good for boxing, and uh, the performance was um, a good, if I dare say, better than good last night. What did you think about the uh, the fight with Oscar Valdez yesterday and his comeback after suffering a broken jaw from uh, Scott Quick? Yeah, I agree with you, R.C., uh... Uh, Valdez is good for boxing And um, I was impressed by him And it was pretty much what I expected I mean Carmine Timosini I think the guy's name was Never fought out of Italy So who knows what the hell This dude's over there doing You know uh, in Italy all day Uh, You know so I'm just saying I feel like you know Teofimo Lopez was in a little higher a little better competition if we're using some comparison there. But I feel like uh, Valdez, considering, like you said, coming off that broke jaw, and that's that, that's something that has to be considered because essentially your jaw is a part of box, your, you know what boxing has to go through. It's not like a leg injury. It's not like a foot injury or something like that, or even a shoulder, your jaw literally is going to be questioned and that's inevitable. So, um, so yeah, I, I, but as far as me, that's kind of what I expected from him. I think that's just his ballpark of how he's going to be. He's not going to, you know, the, the, the better competition he fights, um, the, the tougher the fights will be. I think that division's loaded. If, if I'm, um, in the right division, it was a Gary Russell in there and, you know, so that division's pretty loaded, man, and it should be uh should be fun if these guys ever get together and fight. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely, bro. I mean, uh, he, he, he this is a tune-up that he needed that was necessary, and um, yeah, I mean, coming off a jaw injury, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, getting your uh your food in by liquids for a certain amount of time had to be a um. A terrible experience. <laughs> you know, I can ima- I can imagine how how that shit was when it happened, and and especially the recovery time for the guy um, posted on his Instagram the day after. And you know, it's a it's ugly, it's ugly. So uh, hell hell of a performance. Huh? But uh, a quick touch up on because uh, you know the guy was an undefeated uh, opponent that he was facing, but never out of Italy. So yeah, you know, yeah, you know that shit don't it don't do nothing for me. But um, any comments on the, the, the gentleman proposing after the fight, getting his ass whipped and, 
and proposing to his wife with a black eye. I mean, uh, is it just me, or should uh, probably do that? Or, or I don't know. Is that just me uh, being a little crazy by saying he should try that at a different place, or maybe he wanted to do it on a big stage, but after you got your ass whipped like that? Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that, JP? Yeah, I'm kind of with you, RC. I'm, I'm more like Caleb Plant. I want to, you know, I want my broad to see me in a different light. Now, it seems my mm-hmm. man was saying, now I don't understand Italian, but the niggas seem to be saying something like, you know, I made it to America or some shit like that. So maybe that's maybe that's the big triumph, you know. Maybe in his career, you know, that that's that's the big thing for him to have done. So, you know, he felt. Very accomplished, maybe even in getting his ass whooped. Now I don't know how you ever <laughs> get around getting your ass whooped in front of your woman. That's one of the higher ranking things that I never want to do. Like um, yeah. swim with sharks, fucking run through a house of fire, <laughs> get your ass whooped in front of your woman goes right behind those <laughs> things. So yeah, man, never. Yeah, that's definitely up there on the list of. Never want to go through is 100%. I agree with you. Uh, Willa, uh, you know how much of a fan I am of Oscar Valdez. I think you have a liking to him, too. This kid, is uh, uh, he's been through some wars, man, but uh, uh, definitely good for boxing and had a really good performance yesterday. Um, what do you think about the performance from Oscar Valdez yesterday? And also, would you have proposed to your wife after getting beat up? Well, hey, Valdez did what we thought he was going to do. This guy, Tomasone or something like that, he's, uh, you know, like y'all been saying, Italian cat undefeated. Um, but the guy was tough in there, and I think, I, I, you know, I was wondering why he was he was so tough in there. And I was like, okay, this guy's in there. He's getting beat, but he's he's fighting. And he wasn't in there just to get – just to, he was in there to win, even though he was he knew he wasn't going to win, and you could tell, but he was in there. He was going to give it his all. And then, uh, you know, after after he got dropped again and the guy and the ref uh, waved it off, he, um, you know, he looked at the ref and said, no, I can still go. I still got it. I'm like, all right, this guy is tough. I, you know, I'm not really sure what the hell's going on. But, you know, I'm, I, this guy, he's showing his fortitude out here. He's getting his ass whooped. He ain't won any rounds. But he's getting a few shots off. They're not hurting him, but he's getting a few shots off, and you know he 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 wants to he wants to fight. And then uh, it, it all came to fruition when he decided to propose to his wife, and it all made sense. This was his, his Super Bowl. He came in there. He knew he was going to lose. He's out there. He's a boxer from Italy. He's been making you know pennies on the dollar for for his whole life. He finally made it big time. He went to America, fought a fight that he wasn't going to – everybody knew he wasn't going to win, but he fought for a world title. And he had his backbone back there, and, that, and that's what gave him the strength to not go to sleep and not give up. So, you know, he, he proposed to her. Saw the walking in, and he looked very happy. The ring was big. I wish – I, I should have thought about taking a picture of it, but, you know, I've sort of – you know, he, I didn't want to talk to the losers. But he, they looked very happy. They looked like, you know, looked like they just won, really, to tell you the truth. So I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, as far as, as Valdez's uh, performance, he looked good. He, you know, just beat up a bum out there. It looked like he was getting touched. Still, you know, if this guy Tomasone had any kind of pop, it probably would have been a little better fight. But he didn't. So maybe that's why uh, Valdez was allowing him to touch him a little, a, a little more than I thought he should be. But he won every round. Another A plus. You know, 
like I said, only one guy that won that that won the fight lost the round, and that was the one round that I had. I gave Alvarez for Kovalev. Other than that, um, you know, uh, uh, Tiafimo won every round until he knocked him out, and so did uh, so did my man Valdez. And I think uh, I don't have my paper. I think it was early, like third or fourth round uh, knockout, maybe fifth round. So it was a good little good little scrap, good little performance. A plus, good showcase on ESPN uh, to end, end that to, uh, end the end the regular free night off. So, yeah, I'm not mad at my man getting married. He had his backbone with him. You can see they were very happy, even when she was happy, even though she just saw her husband get get beat up. But when you're a boxer, you know JP, it's not the same as getting your ass. When you're a boxer and you going over there to America to fight the you know the Mexican champion, uh, you know, you know. He knew what was gonna happen, but this was their Super Bowl. This is what this is what they this is what they've been working for, you know, their whole life. So, you know, now they got a little loot. Top rank paid them a little bit. Hopefully, now they're looking good. So they go back to Italy. You know, they'll fight some more fights, but they got that lump sum that they needed to keep on going and to start a family, man. So not mad at that. Uh, not mad at Valdez for giving him that ass whooping that he, uh, you know, that he knew he was gonna get. So. A good performance on both guys, by both guys, I believe. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good performance for sure. Um, I, I could see the the premise of we're coming over here getting that bag, um, but he was he was an undefeated uh, fighter himself, so you know he was uh, going in uncharted territory as far as uh, going to that dark place, so to speak. And you know, homeboy didn't have his flashlight with him, and you know took the Took the took the bat <laughs> took the the bat with the bat for sure, but you know uh, yeah, it's but all remember you know they waved it off. He didn't want he didn't go to sleep. He just got you know. Let's not say he went to the dark place. Let's not say that you know he he drowned in the dark place. You know he didn't go to the dark place and then take a knee. He jumped back up. The referee just said no, no, I'm not gonna let you get killed. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm not going to disrespect him. He was a pretty tough guy. Now, if his wife was if, – if he didn't think he was going to be uh, uh, proposing to his wife when he would have – when he had took a knee or uh, uh, dropped a little earlier, who knows? But his wife was there, and he went out like a G. He went out the only way he could have went out besides going to sleep. So, you know, the ref stopped it, and he wasn't – you know, he acted like he still wanted some more, and I think he did, you know. So, shout out to Thomas Owen and Mr. Oh, and Mrs. Okay. Thomas Owen. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's what's up. I feel you. I feel you. It's all jokes for me, but you know, I just say hey, pick a band. That's just me. I don't know. But um, moving along, and that boy getting a, <laughs> a beating into him to proposal. Uh, let's take it to RC because Richard Comey was the fight previously beforehand, and they're talking about. Um, they're fighting for the opportunity to face Vasil Lomachenko. Um, I mean, not much to say when it's the performance that Richard Comey had against Issa Chania, um, a Russian who just completely got stopped, <laughs> you know. Uh, um, quick work. I mean, a clean slate for the A-side, essentially, other than the one uh, round that, Alvarez got on Kovalev, but um, I mean, uh, it was for the vacant International Boxing Federation World Lightweight title, in which he picked up and ultimately picking up 
himself a fight with uh, Lomachenko in the foreseeable future. But they did talk about a uh, broken knuckle, perhaps, on his left hand. We'll see how that one goes. I, I didn't get a chance to check on uh, x-rays or a report following up from that, uh, but they were looking at it after the fight. And Richard Comey, we've seen him um, in a dog fight with Robert Easter Jr. But, um, you know, when I look at Richard Comey, I think that he might be able to give Lomachenko a little bit of problems with his size. Um, it's uh, uh, definitely not outside the realm of possibility when we've seen how Lomachenko just seems like a little too small for the division right now. But, um, hey, you, you're in the sweepstakes now, and he can also be in the uh, the running to get that loop. So, um, well, that was uh, some pretty quick work, and as you like to say, easy work. What did you think about the performance from Richard Comey last night? Oh yeah, Comey started the night off right. Did it for uh, you know Ghana. There was a lot of there was a lot of Africans in the building, uh, which I guess in that area of like Frisco and Plano, there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of it's it's an international type feel because Toyota and all that stuff is out there. So there was a lot of Ghanaians in the building. They had the uh, flags waving. It was white Ghanaians in the building. It was, it was very crazy in there, uh, and they were hyped, man. Uh, he won the IBF title. Uh, beat that guy, uh, knocked him out earlier. Really wasn't nothing. But um, I was wondering how, you know, that it was already set up. Not wondering how it was set up. I was wondering how he was going to take it since it was already set up that I think it's April something, uh, January, February, April, May. Or, I don't even know. I think they already have the date set that, that he's supposed to fight, fight Lomachenko. So with this hand, this hand injury, that makes more sense to me, because you know you win a you win the belt finally. Uh, I don't think to me that's not it's not really that fair to just say hey you need to jump up and you're gonna fight the number one guy in the division just because he wants he wants that you know what I'm saying? Um, you should be able to win a belt, uh, fight a fight that you want to fight somewhere else, and then start you know doing real defenses. That's how you know I always keep it real. I'm, a, you know, that's how I always am. I think you just, if you fight your whole life for something and you get it, you should be able to, if you want to, you know, sit back, relax, take a breath, and, and defend it the way you want to, and not have to fight the number one guy in the division. So with this secret, this fake hand injury that probably happened, I don't know how he broke his hand unless just punching that guy in the face that hard. But I doubt that. It, but you know, I'm not mad that they they're trying to pull this type of scheme. That's what I think it is. I'm not mad at it at all because you know. Who wants to fight Lomachenko right after you know you have fulfilled your life's work and got a uh, and become a world champion? So, even though I think he can give him some problems, uh, I don't know if he can beat him. He's bigger and stronger, yes, but I don't know. You never know with these African guys. So I think he should go ahead and just chill. <laughs> take, uh, I think he go ahead and take that belt. Um, act like his hands hurt. Come back, fight somebody else, and then maybe fight Lomachenko for that other belt. So. Um, yeah, congratulations to Comey. Big win for him. Uh, you know, Ghana was Ghana was in the house and they were very excited. So, um, yeah, <laughs> shout out to uh, A plus for sure. Another guy that didn't lose a round. There's a lot of A's. It was a it was a good showcase. A lot of A's uh, on Saturday night, and it was uh, top rank put on a pretty good show, even though it was late as hell. Yeah, they they definitely uh, found some really good B sides who are going to be game enough to make it a great showing instead of, uh, ah, man, you know, you know, kind of a 
a, a bad taste in your mouth. The the opposition was uh, their game. Their game. I give them that, and I give them a pretty good grade for their effort at the same time. But you know, um, JP um, yesterday's performance by Richard Comey. Uh, it seems like Willa's conspiracy, Willa, with uh, the quote-unquote hand injury. Uh, what did you think about the? Well, I mean, the fight ain't much to really talk about. It was pretty easy. But uh, what do you think about the uh, future for Comey and Lomachenko as far as that goes? I'm really happy for Comey. He took some really competitive fights and lost some really close fights. But I always felt he was an elite fighter that should be fighting on that level. So, you know, he's had to stick to it and keep, you know, fighting his way back through the ranks. So finally getting through here is a good thing. Um, I think you will see Comey uh, Lomachenko for this reason. Uh, they have to keep Lomachenko re- relevant. I feel like Lomachenko is starting to kind of lose steam as far as notoriety and recognition goes. Um, just the reason being he just isn't fighting anyone that we're worried about, you know, or that poses a threat. So being that they, you got Marky, Mikey Garcia sitting there with a belt in the same division, I mean, in the same uh, class, but they're not going to do that. I think it's a collaborative thought where we're going to have Mikey go fight some other guy, keep him away from Lomachenko, because that's down the road money we can get. But it's still more of a threat to Lomachenko, who there's a big push behind. So, you know, I, I think they will see Comey. I think they'll pay Comey they'll, as Bob the, Bob the mobster will go in there and give him an offer he can't refuse. You know, he'd pay little uh, pay Comey off. Comey go in there and do like every fucking African dog bow, Ike Corte, fucking Azuma Nelson at some point. All them dudes we talked about from Ghana, Clotty, uh, he'll go in there and cuff up once uh dude starts putting a bunch of punches together like they all do. Makes me think Adrian Broner from Ghana because they all go in there and high guard you to death, take a bunch of punches. You can't really knock them out. But, you you know, if you're throwing a lot of punches, they just going high guard, take all that, and wait till you finished. And that's all Comey going to do versus Lomachenko. So I think that will happen because that reason exactly. They know they can get a win. They know the guy has some notoriety. It'll be respected. And, yeah, that's what will happen. Yeah, he'll be able to get him. You don't, get you don't think Comey can scan his way? You don't think Comey can scan his way out of the out – of, I don't have enough fight him yet. Uh, no, I think they'll, like I said, giving him off or he can't refuse. You think the money's going to be good? Yeah. Yeah, the money. You know, two extra million dollars, you know, uh, 1.5 extra million dollars will get a people to do a lot more than they normally do. So, yeah, I think they'll give him a good little handsome paycheck, and uh, he'll have to go do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I could see it happening too. Um, I could see him uh, getting in there with Lomachenko. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the mystique of the Matrix and things like that. Um, to me, uh, I, 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 I don't buy into it, uh, especially after the uh, fight with Linares. Um, you definitely see a little bit of susceptibility to Lomachenko, and um, uh, reason being size difference. So uh, the little guy really don't got as much pop as people think. He's a really good fighter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's whack or anything like that. He's a really good fighter. But, um, 
you know, um, and he definitely needs a, a new defensive coordinator because he takes a little bit too much shots from, from my liking from a supposed, you know, number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. That's just me. Um, but I, I can see it happening. Uh, I can see it happening. And um, yeah, I like uh, I like the two conspiracy theories already on this show with Willa and the hand injury bringing that one into this play. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I see both ways, but I, if I'm Komei, I would want to get in the ring with Lomachenko. I don't think he's that much of a guy to uh, uh, to be a, afraid of or come in the ring with any self-doubt and things like that. So um, the uh, in-house money with top rank, man, they can make some uh, some moves right there. And like, like you said, with uh, Mikey Garcia there, um, you know, Vasil Lomachenko is a lucky guy that Mikey's got. Uh, uh, bigger things to do because I, I wish he was there. I wish he was at the weight class. I wish he wasn't this shark swimming in uncharted territory from time to time. But Mikey is daring to be great, and so far he's been pretty damn good uh, uh, for uh, for Lomachenko. That's uh, very beneficial for the uh, his careers and and how he's been handling himself. So you know that was a that was a pretty much a. Uh, everything we had to cover today, fellas. Um, gonna get ready here for this Super Bowl and and uh, get get suited up and all that shit. So, um, uh, final prediction because I've been thinking about this one for a while, and um, man, just thinking about the game, the talent level is definitely on the Rams side, and I'm trying to look at them as if it was a team with white helmets and a team with black helmets and or whatever color I just don't want to look at them like the Los Angeles Rams uh being a San Francisco 49er fan I just despise everything about the Rams never was a fan of the Rams never liked the Rams like there's a uh, I mean there's a pretty big fan base from from over here where I'm at in Central California of the Rams uh going to school and all that good stuff because the Los Angeles Rams uh before they moved to St. Louis had uh, some pretty deep roots for the likes of Rams fans that are here in California. I mean, I, uh, I just, I understand how much people hate the Patriots and Tom Brady and, and uh, Robert Kraft. Those guys can't really, I mean, they're, uh, you know, with the political way of views that those guys have, I understand. I don't, I don't fuck with that, but um, you know, you see Robert Kraft's old ass dancing with Cardi B. You see him at Sixers games with Meek Mill. And I mean, you know, he seems like a good dude. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, um, old shucks, gee whiz, but on the internet commenting about eating ass and shit like that. So um, this game right here, man, the talent level is definitely on the Rams side of the, the field when you just look at them top to bottom. Uh, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, man, they got, you know, Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters. They got playmakers on defense, and we all know it's not a secret how to beat the Patriots. You got to get to Tom. You got to get to Brady and, and fluster him and, you know, turn his clock, speed up his clock, essentially. So um, they definitely have the keys to do that, or the, the pieces to do that, I should say. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, the Chargers had a better team top to bottom than the Patriots. Uh, the Chiefs, I believe, had a better team top to bottom than the Patriots. Similar to this one right here. And uh, 
I think the Vegas odds have changed from giving the Patriots uh, was a point and a half or two points, something like that. Now the Patriots are two and a half minus or uh, favorites in this game. So spreads uh, changed a little bit, but uh, a lot of people are expecting a high scoring game. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, I think that Belichick will try to run the ball more so than not clock away a little bit. Sonny Michelle from Georgia is looking like a pretty good rookie. Um, James White, uh, you know, another uh, another one of those receiving running backs that they had, uh, similar to Deion Lewis. And um, now Rex Burkhead, the Nebraska guy who just, you know, he reminds you of a Patriots player when you look at him. Uh, final score here, fellas. I'm going to say 30 24. I think the Patriots are going to come out on top 30 to 24. Um, we've seen the Patriots in those Super Bowls pretty much give their fans cardiac arrest every time because they've all been close games. And I think this one, uh, a little bit of cushion will be there. And, um, you know, the cornerback who was involved with the pass interference non call, who was running his mouth doesn't make good for making bulletin board material, but also um, the referees are going to be keeping an eye on him after the fact that he admitted he got away with it. So uh, I could definitely see a lot of different factors coming into play, but ultimately I see the Patriots coming out on top of this one, Um, not by way of the better team, but by the better scheme and Tom Brady, the goat in the back. So uh, I think it's going to be a cerebral like attack by the Patriots today. Um, clock management and things of that nature. So, uh, Will, I'll take it to you and go to JP for a final score here. I know you guys talked about it, but today's the day, and things can change. So, uh, Will, uh, looking at this game today, how are you feeling about it as of right now? Well, uh, as of right now, I still got my uh, magma hat on, making America great again, going with, the opposite of the hood, whatever the whatever, – if you're not for the hood, whatever you're for, that's what I'm for this time. Like you said, rolling with Tom Brady, the gold of American sports, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the score is going to be, but I know Tom Brady's going to gonna be the, the winner. So, that's where I'm going. Shout out to him. All right. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. And, JP, uh, this one – Right there in your neck of the woods, man, the Los Angeles Rams, home team in the game. Uh, any uh, changing factors of this one that comes to it? Do you see anything that's going to – or, I mean, because I, I think about the Rams, I'm, I'm a little – if I was pulling for the Rams, let's say, in a hypothetical world, I'm a little questionable about why the hell Todd Gurley hasn't been playing as much and looking like the uh, uh, backup to one C.J. Anderson, because Todd Gurley is, in my opinion, the best running back in football. Is there anything of those factors that are going to uh, sway your uh, decision in this game? Good, sir. Well, you know, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, man. Really hard to do that. <clears throat> they got all the experience one could ask for going into a Super Bowl. Bill Belichick on the sideline. You got Tom Brady. And you got a, a cast that's been together for some time. Then you got uh, the Rams. Now, schematically, I think the Rams have what it takes to give New England 
a little more than they can bargain for because the, like you mentioned, R.C. Todd Gurley, um, if we could take advantage of the passing out of the backfield, add the run element, and still be the passing team and get those strikes downfield, I think the Rams could definitely pose a threat to put up enough points. Now, the question I I, I believe is if we could just shut down, um, you know, the Patriots' ability to score 30 points. I believe if they can hold the Patriots to 25 and under, they win the game going away. But if this score gets to 30-plus, I believe the Patriots will take it because that would be a testament to Tom Brady and friends having possession of the ball too long. And it may, and when those storylines play out, you always see, you know, Tom Brady going down the field with a few seconds remaining on the clock, kicking a field goal or punching it in for a touchdown, one or the other. But I do think if the Rams can put it together, I think, you know, Sean McVay and the Rams have shown this year that, you know, they're able to beat you schematically. What they did uh, last week with all the running on C.J. Anderson against the Saints and stuff like that, I think that was – uh, X's and O's thing that was done prior, you know, prior to the game where they said we feel that we could beat these guys up with the run. Um, Todd Gurley, you one could say, hey, because there's been news in the week that you know Todd Gurley is you know 100% now. So you could say the Rams could have been just kind of holding them back. Maybe I don't know if that's the if that's the truth or not, but. Like you say, we're going to need to be able to see a full strength Todd Gurley, and I think catching the ball out of the backfield just to make New England play, you know, play a balanced defense and spread them out some. But like neither of you guys, I got to keep it one, 100. I can't go for the for the uh, Patriots. Uh, do I think they'll win? I have to say I think they're going to win it. But I'm not going for them. Certainly not. I'm pulling for the Rams. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the, the score will end up being 31-28. And that's because, like I said, if the Patriots score over 30, I think they win the game. There it is. There it is. Now I'm with you, man. I'm going for the Patriots. I think they will win, but I do see the other side of the fence as far as the talent uh, difference between the Rams and the Patriots. It definitely favors the team from Southern California. But, uh, gentlemen, great show today. Uh, Once again, I want to – give a shout out to top rank for giving us the credential uh, access allowed my man Willard to do his thing yesterday. Big, 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 big ups for that. Appreciate the hell out of it. Um, but uh, any final thoughts, Willa, before we get up out of here, uh, you know, I want you also like JP said, safe travels, make it home safe and all that good stuff. But uh, any final thoughts before we wrap it up and uh, get to this whole game and everything on this Sunday, my man. Uh, no, sir. Um, I think we'll we'll see you guys on Wednesday where we'll go over the fight. Whatever the hell is going on next weekend, not sure what the hell it is, but I'm sure the zone's got something going on today. Well, the zone, if they have something this week, they might not even have them this week. I don't know. But I think there was some uh, U.K. boxing. There's always U.K. boxing going on, so I'm sure they had something going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see you all on Wednesday, and you all have a good, a good uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Right on, man, right on. JP, any final thoughts before we wrap it up, my man? Man, that's it, man. Y'all boys stay blessed up. All right, that there. We will be back on Wednesday, as Willa had said. And, uh, you know, um, 
uh, always something going on that we could talk about a whole lot, a whole lot. And um, as for me, I'm going to shower up, get ready to get out here and go see what's cooking on the grill over at the fam's house. So speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, my man D. Willow Wilson from Houston, Texas, on his way back from Dallas, and my man J.P. from Southern California. We are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.